Amen, amen. All right, thank you for joining us today, those of you that are here in this room, and thanks to everyone that is online with us. We're excited to be in the presence of the Lord today. Last week, I think I told too many stories. That's why the service dragged on that much. The message was rich. I, I believe the message was very rich, but, you know, I had almost, um, I almost had a story for every point, you know, and at the end of the day, when I went back, we're glad to have Brother Sam back safely from Ghana. Praise God. Hallelujah. Welcome back. We're glad to have you back. Amen. Um, you know, when I went back and thought about it, it was a very powerful message and all the points were there. But I think that um, sometimes, um, you know, when, when there's so many things to consider and to think about, we can sometimes miss out on the most important things. So, and, and, and I think that took quite a bit of time. So it was a very powerful service. The Holy Spirit was here to help us. But I put myself under an embargo. No stories today. <laughs> so it's very unusual. Like I like to flow, just flow and just talk. And as the things come, whether I plan them or not, just keep talking. And if they are relevant as the Holy Spirit leads, I just, you know, I just, I just do that. But... Uh, the year is closing out. I want to close this out. And uh, so I told the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me with no stories today. Hallelujah. Someone say, I'm ready for the word of God. Amen. Let's go back to Acts chapter 14 and verse 17. We're talking about thanksgiving is right. Thanksgiving is right. All right. Acts 14 and verse 17. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good. And he gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Amen. Look at that. He left not himself without testimony. In that he did us good, and he gave us rain from heaven, and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food, nourishment, and happiness. The Amplified Bible says, satisfying your hearts with nourishment and happiness. That's why we ought to be thankful. The blessings of the Lord are a testimony of his goodness to us. Can you say that with me? God's blessings in my life are testimonies of his goodness to me. Amen. So we ought to be thankful. We ought to be thankful. Um, giving thanks is right and is always the right thing to do. First Thessalonians 5, 18. You know, I'm just going to rush through those scriptures. I don't have too many of them to start off. I have many going forward, but just some of the ones that we've already done. Um, please put that up for us. First Thessalonians 5.18. Uh, in the Amplified, please. Thank you. In the Amplified, it says, Thank God in everything. No matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and 
mediator of that will. In everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks. That is the will of God in all things. Our thanksgiving honors God and our thanksgiving moves God on our behalf. I haven't used this scripture yet, but let's, let's use it today before I move on to um, the last few things I, I need to kind of focus on in this service. Jeremiah 30 verse 19 says, Out of them will proceed thanksgiving from the midst of them, the voice of them that make merry. And God said, because of that, I will multiply them. And they will not be few. I will glorify them. Amen. They will not be small. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 19 in the King James. It says right there, Out of them shall proceed thanksgiving, and the voice of them that make merry, and I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. Your thanksgiving moves the hand of God to walk on your behalf. Your thanksgiving. When you are faithful and committed and devoted and dedicated to thanking God, it moves the hand of God. Sometimes just thanking God brings answers to prayers that we haven't even prayed yet. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's keep on moving here. Our thanksgiving honors God. So we started talking about the ways in which we can thank God, the ways in which we should thank God, scriptural ways to offer thanksgiving. And we identified the very first one was what? Verbal thanksgiving. Now you have to help me because if you are that slow, then you are going to drag the service. So be quick, right? What's the first way we thank God? Verbal, because it's, the assumption is if, I, if, if you are slow and you don't remember and I have to go back in my mind, something triggers me to think, oh, they didn't get it. So I have to go over it again. So help me know that you got it. What is the first way you offer thanksgiving to God? Verbal thanksgiving. What was one of the, uh, the most significant examples we used? The, the lepers, right? The ten lepers, the one who came back to say thank you. And thank God over and over and over again. And in Hebrews 13, 15, the Bible says that we should offer thanksgiving continually. That's the fruit of our lips. Continually. Every day. Everything we do. Offer thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. You, don't, you don't need to do that only once. You know, when something big happens. And, or, you know, something major. A prayer uh, that you've been praying gets answered. Praise God for all of those. Those are awesome. We should thank God for those. And do special thanksgiving for those. But in addition to that, we should actually just regularly, regularly for everything. Like I said before, get in your car, you thank God. You have life. You wake up in the morning, first thing, you thank God you are alive. You preserved your life. You are eating, sitting around a meal. You thank God for the provision of that meal. I mean, just thank God for every single little thing. Hallelujah. Verbal thanksgiving. What was the second one? The second one? Serving God. Thank you. Thanksgiving offered through service to God. That we spent a lot of time doing yesterday. What was our major example? Peter's mother-in-law, you remember? Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 31. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ came into that house. They told him about Peter's mother-in-law who was sick. 
He prayed over that woman. And then what did she do as soon as she got up? Started serving. She started serving. She didn't, you know, for many days, she hadn't been able to keep her schedule. She was laying in bed. She couldn't, she couldn't get up from that bed for maybe weeks. Who knows? I don't know how long. But she was, she was, bed, she was bed fast. <laughs> couldn't get out. And so the first thing she did when she got her healing was not go and apply for a job, though she wanted a job. The very first thing she did, the day she got healed, the very first thing she started doing was what? Serving God. I, I, don't, think we, I don't think we recognize the importance of that in the body of Christ. I don't think we do. Many times when we receive things from God or receive you know, blessings and benefits, the, the, usually the thing we go to is go do the things we've always wanted to do. And by doing that, we suggest to the Lord that we don't recognize the gift of health came from him. We don't recognize that strength came from him. All that talent, all that gifting, right? The way to demonstrate that you know it came from the Lord is to do what? Serve him first. Don't say, well, I, I serve him after I need one month to recover, to fully, one month to set. No, you need to serve him now, like right now. Right now, begin to serve him. Don't even say it and, uh, next week or next month. No, serve him right now, like Peter's mother-in-law. Did she serve next month? Did she serve next When did she serve? Right now. Got up immediately. Those people who were in that home, she started serving them. Amen. So thanksgiving is offered by our serving God inside or outside of an organized church setting. Hallelujah. Also, you remember the story of the demoniac in Mark chapter 5. The Lord delivered him. What did he do immediately? Started to serve God. He said, I want to follow you, Jesus. Jesus said, no, uh-uh. Go back to your home, to your family and friends, and begin to tell them today what the Lord has done for you. Amen. <laughs> Don't just join my party and become a, a, a follower of the Jesus, Jesus party. Amen. No, go and do something and tell what the Lord has done for you. And then, of course, in 1 Corinthians 16, 15 to 18, we saw those people who were addicted to serving God. Right? They were the first fruits. You remember them? Amen. The house of Stephanas. 1 Corinthians 16, 15 to 18. They were addicted. Can you put that scripture up for me, please? They were addicted to serving God. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanas, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They have addicted themselves. They are devoted, they are committed to the ministry of the saints. Oh, this is so powerful, folks. This is so important. You know, one of the scriptures that has been um, uh, just, just really um, a major thrust of a lot of my considerations and meditations in the last um, few weeks to a month or so is, is that statement that Jesus made in John chapter 17. And it's become almost even a theme for for almost like this season, like just this period, this phase of life, not a year, not but a phase of life, 
John 17, verse 4. Look at that scripture right there. He said there, I have glorified you on the earth. How? By singing? By praying? How? By finishing the work which you gave me. I have glorified you on the earth by finishing the work. First of all, you have to know the work he gave you. Because many people in the body of Christ don't even know the work he gave them. They have no idea. A good place to start is serving. Just serving, doing little things, using your skills, your gifts, your talents, doing just that's part of your assignment. He said, I've finished. Oh, I love this. This scripture is just so powerful. It's just so powerful. And and it breaks it down. And in one of our recent meetings, planning meetings, um, this came up and I elaborated on this a little bit more. Um, but you see that scripture, the next, what's the next? Go to the next verse, verse 5. Um, and now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory that I had with you before the world was. Next verse, verse 6. I, look like what is it? I have manifested your name. Unto the men and women that you gave me out of the world, thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept your word. This is, how he, this is how he served God. This is how he glorified God. I have manifested your name, which you gave me to the men and women that you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and these men and women... Have kept your word. Jesus served God and glorified God by being a conduit and a channel of the word of God to his people. Look at the next verse. Look at that next verse. He says, Now they have known that all things whatsoever you have given me are of you. Look at the last verse, verse 8. For I have given unto them the words. Which you gave me. And they have received them. And they have known surely. That I came out of you. And they have believed. That you sent me. Oh this, this is just. I mean this is just an explosion. In my spirit. Just those sets of scriptures. I've just read to you right there. This is how Jesus. Fulfilled. His assignment. On the earth. By manifesting the word of God, declaring it to men and women, and showing them how to hold on to that word and to believe in it. I finished your assignment. Well, what was he doing by that? He was thanking God. He was glorifying God. I have glorified you. That's how he glorified God. And you remember one time they came to him, his disciples, and they knew he was hungry in John chapter 4. Verses 31 to 34. They knew he hadn't eaten. They brought him food. And he said, um, I, you know, I, don't worry, I don't need that right now. And they said, ah, did somebody bring him food? And he said, I have meat that you know not of. My meat is to do the work of him that sent me and to finish it. Isn't that what Jesus said? My meat is to do the work of the one who sent me. And to finish it, now notice he said that in John chapter 4. But then in John chapter 17, which we just read, 
when he was praying, what did he say? I have finished it. I have finished it. So doing the work that the Lord assigned you and finishing it is one way, a major way of offering thanksgiving to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. And uh, last, last Monday, if you were in the Prayer Warriors um, meeting, you remember that we went back and read Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 47 and 48. Please put that up in the Amplified. Deuteronomy, this, this is my last one on service. Thanking God through service. So every time you are serving, every time you serve God, whether inside of a local congregation or outside of it, but every time what you are doing represents service to God, you are actually offering thanksgiving to him. You are offering thanksgiving to him. Amen. Look at that scripture, Deuteronomy 28, verses 47. Look at what it says. (laughs) He's talking to these people. Of course, he had talked about the blessing. Then he says, because you did not serve the Lord. This is not us, but I want you to see something here. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness of mind and heart in gratitude for the abundance of all which he has blessed you with. Notice, we serve God with joyfulness of mind because we are thankful. And you can flip that scripture around and say, if you don't serve God with joyfulness of mind, then you are not thankful. If you don't serve God with joyfulness of mind, then you are not grateful. I mean, look at what he's saying here. So you can serve God, but you can also serve God with joyfulness of mind. It's not just enough to serve God, but to serve God with joy. You know, not to serve God like we are carrying this heavy burden. Like we are the only ones who are doing anything for the Lord. Oh, poor me. Just look at me. I'm carrying all the burdens of the whole world on my shoulder. Who's going to help me? Who will stand with me? Poor me. No. (laughs) To be thankful. To be joyful. Hallelujah. To actually make service attractive to other people. Make service attractive. Remember one time on those stories. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me. No stories. Make, make serving God attractive to other people. Amen. Don't serve God alone. Draw others in with you. It's not enough for you to serve God by yourself. Draw others in with you. Somebody say, I'm drawing others in with me in serving God. That means I myself, I'm already serving God with joyfulness of mind. Say amen if you believe it. Let's go on to number three. So that we've identified the first two ways in which we serve God. The very first one is how? Verbal thanksgiving. The second way is how? Serving thanksgiving. Amen. The third one, monetary and material thanksgivings. Monetary and material thanksgivings. How thankful you are is often reflected in the proportion of your material blessings that you are willing to share with the Lord. Let's say that again. How thankful you are to God is often reflected in the proportion of your material blessings that you are willing 
to share with the Lord. Let's read Psalms 50, verse 10 to 14, 10 to 15. Psalm, the 50th Psalm. Let's go here real quickly. I, I want to dig in a little bit here. I have, I got to build a house right here. Psalm 50. Somebody say hallelujah. Psalm 50, let's read from verse 10. It says, for every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? I'm going to explain something to you in a minute. Verse 14. Offer unto God what? Thanksgiving. Offer unto God what? Thanksgiving. And do what? Pay your vows unto the Most High. What does Thanksgiving have to do with bullocks? What does thanksgiving have to do with fowls of the mountains and beasts of the field? Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay your vows unto the Most High. And then do what? Verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble and what would happen? I will deliver you and then you will do what? You will glorify me. There is there is thanking God and offering thanksgiving through monetary and material um, offerings. Notice here, I'm not sure if you've read, ever studied this particular psalm, but notice here the Lord is making it very clear to his people that giving material things, monies and material things, is for their benefit, not for his. That's what he's telling them. Even though they are offering bullocks and material things, monetary things and sacrifices and all that, they are offering it on the altar of his sacrifice. He is telling them, you're offering those things is for your benefit, not for mine. In fact... In two verses before the one that we started reading, we started reading from verse 10, but I want you to look at verses 8 and 9 for a minute. Look right here, verses 8 and 9. I will not reprove you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings to have been continually before me. So it's not wrong that you did that, but look at the next verse. I will take no bullock out of your house, nor he goats. Out of your folds, then now look at verse 10 where we started reading. That's the context of it. Look at verse 10. For the beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills are mine. What is God saying to his people? God is saying to his people, I own everything and I lack for nothing. I own everything and I lack for nothing. So, nothing you give me is for my benefit. That's what he's saying to them. I own everything. Listen to me now. Let me say, if, if, if I have a million dollars and you give me a hundred, 
are you giving me that $100 to make me a millionaire? What, why are you giving me that $100? To express gratitude, appreciation, love, or some covenant thing. But it is not because you want to enrich me. You already know I am rich. This is what God is saying. Your $100 compared to my $1 million, is not even up to a drop. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> if we are going by measuring it, right? If we are going by measuring the weights and the proportions of it, like the person won't even, yeah, he won't even know the difference. However, he will know the difference because he's looking at the heart with which you brought it to him. You are not bringing it to him to enrich him. You are bringing it because of a heart of gratitude because you want to show how much you love him. So therefore, the $100 is more to him than a million. This is the revelation behind the story of the widow who brought one might. This is the revelation behind the story. Because Jesus singled out that woman not because her might, her widow's might, made a dent in his kingdom. He shared that story because of the heart of that woman. And he said what that woman gave was more than what many of the wealthy people there gave. Why? It's not that he did not appreciate what the wealthy people were giving. It's that he saw the heart of that woman and he publicly declared her heart caught his heart. This is what material thanksgiving is. Oh, Jesus, no stories. Now, a couple of these are little children. One time they were running around after one service, and, and one of them, somebody had just given him $1. And he ran up to me and gave me the $1. I said, Pastor, take and, and to that child, that money was a lot. It was a lot. Somebody just gave that child one dollar. I mean, it's one dollar that child didn't have before. That one dollar, I think I eventually gave it to another child. I think that's what happened. I probably said, take this. This is a gift for you. But that one dollar was precious to me, not because it enriched me. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? but because it showed the heart of that little child. That's all that child had. One dollar. And so, I mean, and on and on like that, I mean, I mean, if you want to go there, all of us have stories that we can share. I'm sure your children will come and give you things or things. I mean, all sorts of things we can share. Praise God for that. But it is the heart, whether it's a dollar or 10, or 100, or a million, or 50. 
it is the heart of the child. That child is not trying to enrich you. That child is trying to show you, I appreciate you. That's all. This is what thanksgiving with material offerings demonstrates to God. God is not trying to get rich off your ten dollars. Please tell your neighbor, God, <laughs> they need this revelation. God, please stop your tell somebody next to you. God is not trying to get rich off your off of your ten dollars. But your $10 shows what is in your heart as gratitude for the Lord. Did somebody get it? Somebody say, I got it. So there's thanksgivings through offering monetary and material benefits. But what we give to the Lord is is for our benefit not for his. Did you get this? Yeah. So when we do Thanksgiving sometimes, like, okay, I just want to thank God. I, or, you know, some, we actually sometimes will get some money. And you should, really. You should. Now, not, you shouldn't be prompted. You shouldn't, um, you don't need someone to tell you, oh, we're doing Thanksgiving. Give something. No. In fact, in the last Thanksgiving service that with no stories, somebody said no stories, Holy Spirit is helping me. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, you don't need to be prompted. Just realize one of the ways you thank God, when you want to really show your thanksgiving, is what? Monetary and material. Monetary and material. This is very important. Don't gloss over it. It might take a while for some people, some of us to get it. If These are not things that we're used to hearing, but it is very important. Keep, keep it in your heart. It is very, very important. Let's go on to the fourth one, which is very similar, but I want to kind of build a house here too. I want to talk a little bit about this. So, the very first way we offer Thanksgiving is how? Verbal. The second way in which we offer thanksgiving is how? Serving. The third way in which we offer thanksgiving is how? Monetary and material thanksgiving. Glory to God. The number four way, the fourth way in which we offer thanksgiving is called the principle of thanking God with the first fruits. The principle of thanking God with your first fruits. This is very similar. It is quite similar to the principle of tithing, but it is not exactly the same thing. And I'm going to read a couple of notes here for you just to give you some liberty here because it is very important. I want you to understand some of these things I have never really even taught in our congregation, like generally. And one of the reasons why is because of, some, because of sometimes the abuse that some of these concepts and teachings are open to if you don't devote sufficient time to teaching on it. These are not just like, you know, these are not like headlines, like phrases. You just say something, but there's really no understanding there. And then sometimes people get under, they feel under bondage. It's the same thing with the principle of tithing. We have to understand, there has to be understanding with it. 
We talk about it pretty much in this service, in our ministry here, we talk about it pretty much just about every week. When it's time to give, we talk about, okay, we're tight here, and we read some scriptures to encourage us. But it's also very helpful that you get some understanding there. Because when you do it, when you do it, you have to know that what you are doing is a, is a covenant exchange that God recognizes. And because God recognizes it, there are certain blessings that accrue to your life as a result of that. Are you listening to what I'm saying? The other thing that I should say here before we read this scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 26, the other thing that I want to say here now, and I'm going to read this directly from my notes so it cannot be misunderstood. Listen to this. Just listen to me. We're going to go and read Deuteronomy 26 in a minute. This is not a law or a rule, but it is the prerogative of every believer in the new covenant to interact with the Holy Spirit and individually, somebody say individually, individually determine what to do with their first fruits and how to appropriate it. But keep in mind that God is greatly honored by our offering of our first fruits because it shows our deep gratitude to him for the increase that we have received. I'm going to read that statement one more time just before I go and read Proverbs. But I want to read Deuteronomy chapter 26 first. Now, remember, what are we talking about here? Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. All of these different things we're talking about are the ways in which we offer thanksgiving to God. And, and thanksgiving is right. Somebody said thanksgiving is right. Say it again. Say thanksgiving is right. It can really make a difference between how much of God and how much of the outpourings of God we can experience in our life versus how much of those blessings and how much of those outpourings we only dream about and talk about, but we may, may never really lay hold on. And again, like I said to you, I've not really elaborated on, on, on teaching some of these things too, just because I haven't really had the space. And I know somewhere as we go along in, in the future, the Lord is going to give me that space. Um, one time uh, during our midweek service teachings, I started trying to, to do that teaching. And I remember, I think I got to the second one and, and, and I just heard the Holy Spirit say, no, stop. See, I was, just, I was just with a camera in the studio. There was no human being there. So I couldn't see any physical expressions. I couldn't see any feedback. No. But right there and then, I, the Holy Spirit said, stop. And I knew the reason he said stop was it was, it, was not, it was not being received. This is scriptural. Remember, there was a time Jesus said to his disciples, he said, there are many things I want to say to you, but you can't bear them now. Have you ever read that scripture? Yes. It's not, it's not for lack of knowledge, lack of revelation, it's, we don't say every, just because you've, we've read something, we know something, we were sure, doesn't mean we are supposed to teach it. Doesn't mean we are, so that's what, no. God knows. And remember, there are even some things that he told the crowd, 
And then he called the disciples into a room. Do you remember this? And said, unto you, it is given to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. Do you remember that? And then he started explaining to them further. When he talked to the crowd, he told them stories and parables. Because they could receive it. And there has to be joy in receiving. It's not bondage. There's no bondage. We are not ready for everything. Not every human being is ready for everything. On our spiritual, we can love the Lord. But you are just not ready for everything. And so the Lord knows. And and then the generality of people, sometimes in a corporate setting like this, in a congregation, the, the level of the river rises. And certain times come when the Lord says, this congregation is ready to hear this now. But you start talking about those things maybe five years before that. Number one, it goes over everybody's head. Number two, everybody lives there feeling under bondage. This is not about bondage. (laughs) This is about serving God with liberty. This is very important. Everything you do in the kingdom of God must be with liberty. That's why I told you in one of these pre- previous messages that I administered, I, I said to you, I said, uh, you know, there's a lot of liberty and flexibility that I find in, 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 in my walk with the Lord that is very exciting to me. Because I'm telling you, if, you don't, if your Christian race, if your Christian experience is not one that comes with a lot of liberty and a lot of freedom and joy, if what you are doing a lot of times is just, you are just doing things because you feel like, I have to do it. If I don't do what, you are not going to go very far. You are not going to go. Now, as, as soon though, as you see the Lord is staring you about this thing. You can see, you turn here, he's talking to you about it. You turn over there, is you know, then don't be stiff naked. Right? Don't, don't harden your heart. Right? Don't say, mm, I guess that's for some people. If, if, if it's coming to you and your heart is picking up on it, your spirit is picking up on it, don't wait for anybody else. You begin to pay attention to it. And start doing it because there's something about that thing that your season, wherever you are in your life right now, needs for you to get to your next season. Oh my gosh, I'm preaching. <laughs> glory to God, glory to God. And, and yet you could have gone for like five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and never had to pay attention to that and still be happy. But at some point you get in there and you just feel like, and this thing, your refusal to even pay attention to it is what's now making you guilty. You can tell. It's not the devil, it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh man, I'm loving this. So let's read Deuteronomy 26. Let's read the, uh, from verse 1 to verse 11. Deuteronomy 26 from verse 1 to 11. It says this, And it shall be when thou art come in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance, and you possess it, and dwell therein, that you would take of the first... Somebody say the first. You will take of the first of 
all the fruit of the earth. Somebody say the first of all the fruit. Say it again. Say the first of all the fruit of the earth. Which thou shalt bring of thy land that the Lord thy God giveth thee. And you will put it in a basket. Somebody say put it in a basket. And you will go unto the place. Somebody say go unto the place. That the Lord your God shall choose to place his name there. Say he chose to place his name there. Verse 3. And you will go unto the priest. Somebody say you will go unto the priest. That shall be in those days. And say unto him. So now listen to me. I'm going to read the rest of you so I can go very quickly. Say unto that priest. I profess this day unto the Lord thy God that I am come unto the country which the Lord swear unto our fathers to give us. Verse 4. And the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and he will set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you will speak and say before the Lord your God, a Syrian. This is, the, this is the man or the woman who's bringing the first of all the fruits of the earth that they've received in that season. And this is what they are saying. He said, you will say before the Lord your God, a Syrian ready to perish was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few. And he became there a nation, great, mighty, and populous. Let's see how much time here. This is 1250. I've, I've got to close before one. All right. Um, so whatever I can get in, I'll get in. Next week is uh, Christmas and I don't, we'll see. All right, and thou shalt speak and say before the Lord your God, a Syrian ready to perish was my father, and he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few and became there a nation great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians evil and treated us, they treated us wrong and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I, I love the Lord. I, I, just, I just love the Lord. Someone say, I love the Lord. And verse 7, and when we cried unto the Lord our God of our fathers, the Lord heard our voice and he looked on our affliction and on our labor and on our oppression. Verse 8, and the Lord brought us, God bless you, the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Oh, somebody say it was the Lord who did it. Somebody say no stories. Hallelujah. All right. He brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm 
and with great terribleness and with signs and wonders. He did it. It was God who did it. It was God who did it. <laughs> he did all the signs and wonders. He did all the outpouring. He did all the miracles. He did, he did it all. Listen, that you are sitting on that chair this morning. It's the Lord who did it. It's the Lord who did it. In your right mind. Oh, folks. In your right mind. Not contemplating how to take your own life. Not, 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 under, not depressed. Not in a mental institution. Not, not tied down in a hospital bed waiting to. It was the Lord who did it. Notice. He's saying all of this with the basket in front of the priest. The basket with the first fruit of the earth. He said, it was the Lord who did it. These fruits that came out of the ground, it was the Lord. How often do people pray for rain and they don't get rain? They sow all their seeds, they don't reap a harvest. But I got a harvest. It was the Lord. It wasn't me. God saw to it that my seed in the ground produced a harvest. God did it. God did it. Folks, I want you to get a revelation that is behind this covenant exchange that we have with God. It's if you can just get past and you can get this understanding and just get this revelation... And it becomes clear to you, listen, you will never, ever, ever again struggle where material things are concerned. The struggle just becomes broken permanently. You will never, ever again, ever. Listen, every opportunity that you have. In fact, like somebody said, every time some basket, some, you know, I don't know when last, some of the no stories. But I don't know when last an offering basket like a need was being advertised. And, and, and I said, mm, no. Mm-mm. I don't know when last. Whether I'm sitting in our ministry or another ministry. Whether I'm, so no, I don't know when last. In fact, sometimes when I go to the grocery store, you know some of these grocery stores would have like little things they collect for St. Jude's, for the, this cancer research, and you know... And, yeah, like you, are not, you are under no obligation at all. But unless a place that I've given many times to already, and I think, well, because that's I want to give somewhere else. Most times when I'm checking out the cancer research or whatever, yeah, put something in there for me. Add it. With joy. With joy. Because I don't have that cancer. I'm thankful I don't have that cancer. Maybe this can help them discover how to help people who do. The little, the $1, $5, $10, whatever it is. See, this has to become a revelation to us, folks. And I got to close. Let's read this to the end. Let's read this to verse 11. Let's, let's try to close right here. It says, it was the Lord who did it. He looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm, and with great terribleness, and with signs and with wonders. And 
He has brought us into this place. <laughs> and he has given us this land. Oh, Jesus. Even a land that flows with milk and honey. <laughs> Sometimes when I think about the goodness of the Lord. Oh. Sometimes I can't hold myself back. Sometimes I start singing, sometimes I start dancing, sometimes I start praising, and sometimes I just want to give an offering. Some say we're not taking off. I want to give one. <laughs> I just want to give one. Because when I think of all the Lord has done, folks, my mouth can't tell it all. I can't tell it all. My mind can't, I can't, I can't handle it. I got to close. He brought us into this land that flows with milk and honey. Look at verse 10. Oh, hallelujah. Look at verse 10. Thank you for your offering. God bless you. He says, and now, behold, I have brought the first fruit of the land, which thou, O Lord, has given me now. I told you last week, that word first fruit is a Hebrew. There are actually two different Hebrew words that are translated into first fruit, but this, the principle is the same, right? One of them is reshith, the other is biker, something like that, biker, something like that, B-I-K-K-U-R. Now, why do we sometimes talk about some of these, give you Hebrew word, and see, we're trying to make you learn Hebrew? No, it's because there's an understanding in the original. If you can understand the original, the principle is easy for you to get. It's very easy. And that word first fruit is from reshith. It means the first part. It means the most important part, the beginning part. Bikar is similar to it. It's not exactly the same. But bikar means the first part that was ripened, like in your fruit, the ones you sowed on the, but the, the first part. So you reap your harvest, they're not all ripe. When you reap that harvest, they're not all ripe. But some of them ripen first. So beaker is the first fruit of the ones that ripened first. It's the one that ripened first. It's like it's ready. It's like it's ready. It's almost like off of the top of it, what is available to me right now to use, it's ready. Amen. So he says, and now behold, I have brought you the first fruit of the land, which you, Lord, you gave me. And you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship. Listen now. You worship. Are you reading your Bible? Does anybody have that word worship? How do you worship God with money? How do you worship God with money? It's a principle of a covenant exchange. Look at everything this man has said. My father was a Syrian. He came into the land of Egypt and the Egyptians wrongfully treated him. And he was only a few people when he came, but you made him a great nation. And through miracle signs and wonders, you brought him out and you brought him out with plenty, with silver and gold. And then you brought us to this land. That is now ours. And remember what he said in Deuteronomy earlier. He says, when I bring you to the land 
where you live in houses you did not build. Do you remember what he told them? Where you drink things that you did not labor for. You remember what he told them that? He gave them everything. That land flowing with milk and honey. It was God who prepared that paradise for them. And so this man or this woman is there before the altar saying to God, God, you did it all. You did it all. What is this fruit? This fruit would not even be possible today if you did not bring us out into this land and give it to us. Then you gave it to us and we could sow the land and we could reap a harvest. And now this fruit, this first part of it, you gave it to us. It's yours. And I want to give it back to you. And I want to worship you with it. Oh, man. And by the time you go through all of that, in front of that holy altar, and you are saying all that to the, I'm telling you, tears are streaming down your, because you just know, you just know this is such a deep covenant interaction with God. Unless you don't believe that it was God. Unless you don't believe it. If you do believe it, if you do believe it, is there anyone here who desperately needs to have $200 today? $200. Anybody? Anybody? All right. If there's anyone online who needs to have $200, in fact, I'll raise it. You desperately need to have between $200 and $500. Send us a message online. Send it after this service. If there's somebody in this room and there's someone you desperately need to have $500, talk to one of our Dickin. Talk to Dickin Muiwa. Let's, let, I'll give you two people. I'll give you three. Talk to Dickin Muiwa or Dickin S. Dubem. One man, one woman, right? You desperately need to have $500 in this, this season. This, I'm not saying you want, there's a gift you want to buy. You don't have enough money. Not for gift. But I mean, you know, the essence of life, the things of life, you have to have it. Let's know. Let's know. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, Lord, you did it. Lord, you did it. And then he has the seed or the first fruit right in front of the altar. And, and he's worshiping. Why is he called worship? Why did the Lord... It's, it's one. Let's stand to your feet. Let's close. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's close. Let's close out. Thank you, Jesus. Would you go ahead and just bless the name of the Lord? Thank God for this service today. Thank God. Go ahead and bless his name. I want to hear you. Thank God and lift up his holy name and worship him. Come on, praise him and thank him for the breath that you have. and The breath in your lungs, Father, you are responsible for him. You did it all. You are responsible. You gave us everything that we have. You gave us everything that we have. It was you, Lord. It was you. 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 It was you, it was you, it was you. It was you, it was you. It was you. As we, as we, as we approach the end of the year, as we slowly approach the end of 2022, 
I know we are going to have many more opportunities to do this over the next few services, next few whatever. But just as I close out this service today, I want you to express your deep gratitude to the Lord. Tell him how thankful you are for everything that he's done for you. Tell him how thankful you are for his blessings over your life. Tell him how thankful you are for his goodness to you. Go ahead. I want to hear you. Tell the Lord. Tell the Lord how thankful you are. Don't think it. Tell him. Don't just imagine it. Don't just meditate it. Thank him. Tell him. Tell him. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I give you praise. Lord, I bless your holy name. I bless your holy name, oh God. Father, I thank you. Lord, I give you the glory. I magnify your holy name. You are worthy to receive my praise. You are worthy to receive it. Lord, I give it to you. I give it to you. I exalt you. I exalt you, God. I exalt you, God. I exalt you, God. I exalt you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Woo. Only God knows, only eternity will be able to tell us what truly happened in this service today. Not just in this room, but in the lives of so many of God's people. Only eternity will tell. Father, we truly thank you. We truly love you with all of our hearts. We give you the glory and we give you the praise. We honor you. We magnify you. We exalt you. We exalt you. We exalt you. We exalt you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for your patience. We're going to close right here. We're so thankful for the presence of the Lord amongst us. His word truly is sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. Truly, the Bible does say the entrance of his word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. I can't even begin to tell you how much light, and even just sitting around the word of God today in this service, how much light was coming into my own spirit. Into my own spirit. 
thank you, Lord.